are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening to the always wonderful and charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design for today's show we got a whole bunch to talk about today we got lucas smith of lockdown cardinals back on the pod to discuss yadier molina's resurgence to talk about that paul goldschmidt trade to uh talk a little shohei otani we're talking a whole bunch of stuff on today's pod so you're not gonna want to miss that but first this episode is brought to you by Lockroom. download the app and join me this sunday as i'll Go live after the D-backs win. Locker room changing the way we talk sports. Now, let's jump into that convo with Lucas Smith of Locked On Cards. Okay, and I just wanted to piggyback off your Yadier point because the dude is 38, and I guess it sounds like he's come back to earth a little bit. I didn't look at his recent splits, but I did look at his numbers on the season. And if you're telling me he's come back to earth now, I can only imagine what his numbers were looking like <laughs> a week and a half ago because this guy's second best OPS on the team right now. On pace to have the most home runs since 2018. I mean, Wainwright, now you got Yadier Molina. I mean, this is like the 2013 Cardinals all over again. I mean, how how are all your old players having resurgent seasons late in their career? I don't know. There must be something in the water in St. Louis, man. I don't know what it is, but Yadier and Wainwright just continue to get it done. I mean, there's there's nobody else like them. You know, I'm, I might be a bit biased, but there's nobody like Yadier or Wainwright. There just isn't. Yeah, and I'm sure Ben Caspic of Lockdown Giants would have, you know, <laughs> A few, uh, a few. Uh, I don't even know what the word is. My mic is messing up over here in my ear. I lost my train of thought with what the word is, but I'm sure Ben would probably disagree with Buster Posey and his take. But <laughs> there you go. You know, we're we're a few months removed now from uh, that Nolan Arenado trade. We know we all know about the deal, and I just want to get your thoughts on it. You know, with your hindsight they have now, not only with how you think he's performing for the new team, the St. Louis Cardinals, of course, but how you also feel in terms of what you gave up for Nolan Arenado? Like, do you feel like you just flat out fleece the Rockies? I mean, at the time, it felt like a fleece. Does, is that solidified now? Because sometimes you can have that 2020 hindsight and be like, man, we thought it was a fleece, but this guy actually turned out to be a stud and we didn't even realize he was when he was in our organization. Well, as of right now, it's still highway robbery. Um, and again, that, that is no disrespect to the, the pieces that went to Colorado in that deal. And, you know, the, the main guy in that was, was left-handed pitcher Austin Gomber, who's three and four with a area of 4.56 and 10 starts with the Rockies. So that's, you know, that's, that's not that great. I think Auburn could be a nice piece. But the, the big reason I think this is still a highway robbery, still a fleece, as you put it, is the contract. Because if Arnado opts out after this year, which I don't think he will, the Cardinals didn't pay a dime for yeah. him. And if he stays, the Cardinals still didn't pay a dime for him this year. So they're getting Nolan Arenado for free, regardless of what he decides at the end of the year. And to me, that's a big reason why this is still 
just one of the more lopsided trades in recent history. And again, maybe one of the prospects pans out more than the Cardinals thought. But as of right now, this is still highway robbery. Arnado struggled the last week or so, but still putting up solid numbers overall. 10 home runs, over 30 runs driven in, which is pretty good at this mark of the season. I think the, the league leader is 16, or the MLB leader is 16. So having 10 isn't, isn't too shabby. So an elite defense at third base. He's molded in incredibly well with this club. And he, he's... You know, he's not the only former NOS player to be playing well with St. Louis. I'll say, say that much. <laughs> yeah, and we're, we're don't worry. We're about to get to Paul Goldschmidt and we're going to in just a second. But before we get there, I just want to ask you, like, what's your – I ask all the lockdown hosts uh, about this question when they are when they have a team, when they have a player that was acquired or traded in a big deal. Like, what is your personal philosophy when it comes to trading star players? Like, what are you looking for in return? Because – just for me, I feel like returns in baseball just aren't that good, honestly, when you're trading these star players. A lot of times you're getting these middling prospects or you're just not getting great value. I think I would rather, instead of trying to get a middling prospect, just give me a young guy who's already been on the major league level maybe for a couple of years, who's flashed potential. I would rather trade uh, for a guy like Ben Attendee and like a middling prospect, because at least I've seen Ben Attendee in the fly, you know, in the past flash mm-hmm. some, you know, really high level stuff. And I, I just feel like these teams do themselves a disservice when they trade an established star for what the 12th and 15th best prospect in another team's organization. Like, wh- how does that help? If you're going to trade for prospects, at least trade for the top echelon, at least in that Zach Greinke trade, the D backs could say, Hey, we got three of the top five prospects back in the Astros organization. You can at least kind of say face by doing that but when you look at what the Rockies did like they traded Arenado they got back crap pieces and they're still paying the guy you just said he's free for you guys this year and he's arguably mm-hmm. the best player at his position like how what's your philosophy when it comes to trading players if you know you have to if it comes to that time where it's like a Trevor story where you're like we're not re-signing Trevor story he's dipping at the end of the year so we better trade him at the deadline well, first of all, as much as I love the fact that Arnado did join the team, I think trades like this are bad for baseball. Mm. Um, same thing with the reason I think that the Lindor trade is bad for baseball because you have small market teams basically not willing to pay their stars, and then you have stars just flooding the big market. Um, that, again, that's a different discussion. But overall, I think baseball is so hard to judge the return because prospects are so much harder to judge. The, the yeah. value is so much different. Like a rookie – in baseball is so much different than the rookie in basketball because just baseball is just weird and fluky. There's so much more data to look at. There's so many ways to interpret the data. So you almost have to, I agree with you. You almost would desire. I agree with you on the desire to have a major league talent or at least somebody who has seen the major leagues because how many number one overall draft picks have we seen just fall flat on their face and not even not, not even see the major leagues off in the distance. You know what I'm saying? Highly touted prospects. And it's just so much harder to judge. So I think that's why when you're trying to trade these superstar players, you know, you, you say you want prospects and, you know, the, the teams can offer prospects, but they're just so much more difficult to judge, so much more difficult to put a, a quantifiable value on them. So I think that that's why, that's why it makes it so hard in baseball. Um so I, I would agree. I would like to see more major league for major league talent rather than major league talent for minor leagues and cash. Yeah. And then I want to ask you that to preface this next question, because now I want to talk about it. We got to get to this Paul Goldschmidt trade. <laughs> I got to know how you're feeling. We're, we're in year three now of Goldschmidt in St. Louis and hard to believe. Now, yeah. And I told you today, Luke Weaver, he's out for a month, but 
at least the other piece in that deal, Carson Kelly, he's looking like a legit all-star this season. So three years later, Goldschmidt, he's been pretty good, been pretty productive for your team. But do you feel like you guys might have given up too much or would you do the deal all over again if you had to? Lucas and I will get into a little convo about the Paul Goldschmidt deal. But first, Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients, Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, winter green, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Lucy also has a lasange with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors as well, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Lucy lasanges and gums are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy now. And it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, or even in the gym. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lasanges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month, so it's simple. And you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Lucy Lasanges and gums are also FSA and HSA eligible, so you can spend your pre-tax dollars on them. Locked on MLB Network listeners, go to Lucy.com and use promo code Locked on MLB to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or Lasanges. That's Lucy.com and use promo code Locked on MLB at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.com and be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDONMOB. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to the pod. As we sit today... I would still do the deal. Um, you know, as good as Carson Kelly has been in, in 2019 and this year, um, I still think that this was a bat the Cardinals needed. Um, this was a, a hole in the lineup they needed and still need. He's having a down year right now. There's no question about it. His Allen base is just 307. He's hitting just 254, slugging 405, which isn't terrible. That's well below his his career average of slugging, though. Um, his weighted runs created plus is just that league average. He's a career really bad uh, hitter in these first couple months. Mm-hmm. Not this bad usually, but he usually gets off to slow starts. So I'm worried about him this year and maybe in the future. But sitting here right now, I'm okay with that deal 100% because the Cardinals in 2018 were close to the playoffs, but their offense needed a jolt. They got, they've just got Marcelo Zuna. They needed something else. And Goldschmidt was that guy. Carson Kelly was just going to rot away on the bench for Yadier Molina for four more years. Luke Weaver wasn't really cutting it in St. Louis, but he might have been find success somewhere else, which he may or may not have had. I haven't really looked at the numbers, to be honest with you, but mm-hmm. I'm still okay with that deal. He's struggling right now. He needs to kick it into gear right now. He's not playing very well, uh, but he, he does need to kick into gear. But again, more than okay with that trade as we sit here three years later. Yeah, and when they were 
in St. Louis, you know, in Cards uniforms. Who did you value more at the time? And let's pretend Yadier wasn't on the team, so you could at least have the full potential of a Carson Kelly. Who at the time, when you watched them, did you think was going to have the better career and a higher ceiling at least? I honestly at the time thought Luke Weaver. Mm. You know, Carson Kelly really didn't show me much at the major league level for me to think, okay, this guy's pretty good. You know, even at the minor league level, you know, he he was a highly talented prospect, but you know, I didn't see too many like, whoa, this guy is the next Yachty or this guy is the next person to replace Yachty, you know? And, you know, there, there is only one Yachty or Molina, but I just really liked Luke Luke Weaver's, um, you know, mindset, uh, swagger on the mound, his stuff. I thought it was decently good. You know, fastball changeup usually has pretty good success at the major league level if we're able to control it. So, you know, I honestly was, was higher on Luke Weaver. I was more disappointed. I'll put it this way. I was more disappointed that they lost Luke Weaver than I was that they lost Luke Carson Kelly for a couple of reasons. The ones I've already mentioned, also the fact that Andrew Kisner, the current backup catcher, was already on the Cardinals whenever Kelly was dealt. So you had two backup catchers that you could see, you know, kind of taking the reins in the near future. And Kisner, to me, is the, at the time, was the better catcher. So I was higher on Weaver than I was on Kelly. Okay, and I don't think Carson Kelly could keep up this toward pace he's on. I mean, he's batting 333, 1078 OPS. I mean, wow. he's got more walks than strikeouts this season. 23 walks to 18 strikeouts. He's been it's a impressive. Walk. Yeah, he's been highly impressive this season. Now, I don't think he could keep it up at that pace, but I definitely think he could be a borderline all-star catcher for this D-backs team for a while because oh, in yeah. 2019, he did show the pop. I think he could definitely be a power catcher that could get on base at a, uh, you know, at a pretty good rate, maybe around 36 percent of the time but Luke Weaver is the guy that's a real enigma because you mentioned that fastball changeup in this season that's pretty much all he throws he pretty much only throws a fastball changeup and there's been starts where he's looked really good and he's looked like a dominant guy and then there's been starts where I'm like can we put this guy in the bullpen because he might be the worst starter in the rotation he just so <laughs> up and down and that's the issue with Luke Weaver it's just not consistent there's never like a barometer where you feel like all right we're gonna get five innings from Luke Weaver tonight and he's gonna at least give us three earned runs and make it a, you know, a semi-quality start. It's either good or bad when it comes to Luke Weaver. And in 2020, it was only bad. This guy was atrocious in 2020. And then 2021, it's been up and down, like I said, and now he's dealing with injury, dealt with injury in 2019. So I'm really concerned for Luke Weaver, honestly. I mean, everyone talks about his stuff and his potential and, until I see it come to fruition, like I, there's not really much. I, there, I don't have a lot of investment in this guy. He hasn't really proven too much. The only reason I have an investment in him is because we traded our franchise cornerstone player to you guys in the St. Louis Cardinals. So right now, I don't know how to feel about Luke Weaver, but he can change my thoughts. I was all the way out on the Madison Bumgarner bandwagon for, you know, about a year and a half. I was, I was highly out on it, but he had that little five-star span where he looked like the best pitcher in baseball. And I was all the way back in on the bandwagon. So Luke Weaver can change my mind, but he has to, he has to turn it around. And like Carson Kelly, I was off Carson Kelly's bandwagon after 2020. Now, guess what? I'm back in. He's been the best D-backs player without Ketel Marte in the lineup, and that's not even hyperbole. Like, he's legitimately been the best player in this D-backs lineup. So I'm still waiting to see, uh, you know, how, how this trade shakes out. And I guess if the D-backs had to do it again, maybe they would do it again just because Carson Kelly looks like he's going to be a first-time All-Star this season. But Luke Weaver, man, uh, I mean, he really puts a he, he puts a big question mark on the trade because the D-backs thought they were probably trading for a guy with a ceiling of a number two, maybe a floor of a number three. And right now, he looks, at best, like a four or five starter for this rotation. 
Yeah, I think that that's a good point you bring up of like he can change our mind because I, I was wrong. You know, as of today, I sit here, I'm wrong on, on who I was hired on. You know, I, I liked, liked Weaver a lot more than I probably should have, you know, and it, it's just interesting to look back on it because I, I really don't think we can look back on this trade and say, should we have made it until maybe, you know, all these guys are done, at least, mm-hmm. or at least what we see what Goldschmidt is like these last three years, this contract, um, because, you know, if he falls off the face of the earth or if he, if he continues to decline, um, then, you know, maybe it does end up being a better trade for Arizona than we originally thought. Cause that was another trade, you know, both the art auto and Goldschmidt trades at the time looked like absolute robberies in St. Louis's favor. You know, the, the pieces going in return weren't even close at the time to what was being coming to St. Louis. Maybe that Arizona trade ends up being a little bit closer than we thought. Lucas and I will get into a little conversation about Shohei Otani and a bunch of other stuff. But first, investing can be complicated. But whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can and you can get your first 5000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash MLB. To get your first 5000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash MLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash MLB to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash MLB and get started today. Did you know Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors? They got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There's a flavor for everyone. Get this. The reason why I love Bilt Bars is because they're healthy. I'm a health conscious guy. I try to go to the gym when I can and Bilt Bar tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein and a high in fiber. So it's great for that keto diet. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now, use a promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your first order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up the pod. Yeah, and just... The, uh, back on the philosophy of trading star players for prospects. Like I mentioned that Zach Greinke trade, the, the D-backs acquired three of their top five prospects, but the those three guys, the D-backs haven't got a return yet from that Zach Greinke trade, except for Josh Rojas, who was the number like 22 or 24 prospect in the Astros organization. Like the top three guys that they got back, Corbin Martin, he pitched yesterday. He got lit up by the Giants, only his second major league start. J.B. Braskakis has been lit up in pretty much every relief outing he's had. Seth Beer, they're like, this guy can't be called up as a first baseman until they bring the DH back to the National League. So who knows until we see him. And so far, the best guy has been the dude who was considered the throwaway piece in the deal. And Josh Rojas, who's like the starting, uh, you know, second baseman for the D-backs, starting second, uh, yeah, second baseman for the D-backs. So uh, it trading in baseball like you said is just so weird trading for prospects is so weird if you go through like the top 100 mlb.com prospects year by year you'd be like man this top 10 uh, it didn't pan out at all and some years it'd be like man eight eight of the top 10 you know we're all superstar players so i think baseball is just such a weird sport in that respect like you have to wait get what five years sometimes for your draft 